And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, we've got a little bit of breaking news. A developing story started last night, and now we do have confirmation. Actor Kevin Conroy has passed away at age 66, the voice of Batman for many generations. He was the quintessential definitive Batman, and we have confirmed this morning that he's passed away after battling cancer. So our condolences to his uh, family and friends. We, uh, we first tweaked to this last night uh, from a post from Adrian Barbeau that got deleted, and I started scrambling around looking to see if I could find it, and uh, we finally got confirmation this morning. So some sad news to start with this morning, but it is, uh, it is Friday, it is Veterans Day, and we've got a busy month going on hello everybody welcome we are live from the bunker my name is jason hunt i am the editor here at sci-fi for me want to give a shout out to those who are listening to this show as a podcast uh, we've got people in sweden poland germany the uk the philippines so good to have all of you with us we do invite you to check out the video side of things every now and again because sometimes we'll have some photographs of some video doesn't quite translate to uh to the radio side of things. Of course, you can always leave a comment, send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. I see Keely in the chat. The live chat is open. We are broadcasting to Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube. And uh, soon, hopefully, we'll be uh, sending to Rumble as well. So uh, so we will we will get there. All right, so now let me uh, let me turn this down. Because we have guests returning for a second time, I guess. Uh, I guess they didn't get enough punishment when uh, when they got here for the first time, but uh, they're back. <laughs> Jennifer and Anthony Cook, uh, who are the authors of the Persivius. Let me make sure I get that right. The Persivius series, the trilogy so far, and the new book, Persivius Escape. Uh, which I think is currently out, is it not, or it's about to be out? Is that, yep. do I have that right? It was released on Tuesday. Okay, all right. So, I get an email. Now, we had talked the first time about the first book. This was back in October of 2020, and I was like, where does the time go? Because I got an email saying, hey, they've got a new book out, and I looked, and it's the third one. You sneaked a second one in there somewhere. And uh, you guys have just been plugging along. So how how are things? Let's catch up a little bit. How 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 have y'all been doing? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having us, Jason. We love to catch up with you here. So thanks again for um, inviting us back. We didn't get enough of you for the first one, so it's really <laughs> nice to to be back on the show. Um, how are things going? Well, you know what we um, oh gosh, it's been sort of a whirlwind, but I think we had uh, the pandemic on our side because we were locked down and we just kept writing. So we managed to bang through the the second two uh, novels quite quickly. Um, and it's been it's been fun, honestly. It's been uh, thrilling to be able to to finish the third one. How about for you? What do you what do you think? What do you yeah, think? it's it's been a decade in the making. Twenty twelve to uh, 2022, we finished three books. The first one took about eight and a half years. The second one, about a year and a half. And the third one, about nine months. I think, like most things in life, the more you do, the better you get. The more experience that we had writing. And I think the the book was, so, was very challenging, but also very exciting. And we couldn't wait for it to come to its fruition, so to speak. And so I think that enabled us to write much quicker, I think much better actually than, than, than we had in the past. And it's a bit, you know, you know, bittersweet that it's, that it's not, that it's over, but you know, this is something that we'll share with, with just you, that there's possibly two more books, Persidious Rebirth and Persidious Paradox, uh, in the future, and in fact, Jennifer just talked about literally a half hour ago the beginning of Persivius Rebirth, 
So it may not be a trilogy. It may be a series, but we'll see. All right. That, that answers the question I was about to ask. Cause it's, it's on the, it's on the website as a trilogy. And this, this day and age, you, you've got uh, all of these different book series that just go on and, you know, four or five or six or seven. I mean, Rick Riordan's talking about picking up Percy Jackson again. He says he's got ideas for another three or four books because the TV series picking up, he wants to have something out there to kind of, you know, promote that. So it seems like we're not, we're not limiting ourselves to trilogies anymore because the thing to do is just to keep going. So is that was this an easy jump to make in starting ideas for new books? I mean, because if the original plan is to end the story at three, now you have to figure out, okay, where do we go after three when we didn't we didn't plan for three? It's like Back to the Future. They weren't they weren't planning a trilogy. It was just the one movie. True, and true. you know they've said if if we knew we were going to make a second one, we wouldn't have put Jennifer in the car. Because that threw the whole thing off, right? So, is is there a, is there a convenient, easy jumping off point from the third book to go into other stories? Then I'm assuming. Well, here's the thing. You know what? We're happy. Like we worked very diligently, and I mean, we were really, really careful not to leave any loose ends. Because from our perspective, this was it. It was going to be a trilogy. We were ending it. Um, honestly, oh, I well. You the, the, the very end of the book, Jennifer threw a big monkey wrench at me because we got planned on the ending and then she just turned it around and left a huge That's a different cliffhanger. Story. That's and a different story. So I loved it. I thought it was incredible, absolutely amazing. But as she said, it can be in and of itself, it can be finished and we can leave it at that and walk away. Yeah. To be honest, we just love writing together. We have a great time. The ups, have, the, oh, the ups and downs. But we have some fights, too. We, and we call them doozies now. <laughs> yeah, we have some doozies uh, every once in a while. But it's absolutely amazing. You you realize, you know, the angst of, you know, the starving artist or why these individuals are so creative. It's because we've had the best of times laughing, talking, and then we and then it stimulates the limbic system, the, the emotional centers in your brain, and you, and you have a breakthrough on the same uh, line we can have a bit of a disagreement, so to speak, and have a, a fairly significant fight. And then all of a sudden we get a huge breakthrough. It's absolutely amazing, but we always come back together. We always come back to to what we're doing and it's, it's all loving and, and I think that's why we want to keep going is because we love doing it so much. No, but, and you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. I just think it was, it was an interesting process to tie up the first two novels and have that trilogy and the conclusion there that we're satisfied with. If we step away from it now, it's complete. We're happy with it, but there's a little crack in the door open where you can, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of it, but it's an interesting trilogy because it's not a sequence. Like a lot of these series will, you know, the next one starts where the last one, you know, ended sure. and you kind of continue with the story. Ours really, it's two se separate stories, like Insomnia and Perseverance Origins are two different stories, right? So we've done something a little different with ours. And in, in Origins, the second, which I think is probably one of the best sequels ever created, like Empire Strikes Back. And, <laughs> but this is the, no one's ever done this before. The very last chapter of the first book, Insomnia, is exactly the same word for word, last chapter of Origins, the second book. So we have these two divergent species that are separated by 280 million years initially, and then they come together for the third book. So it is a series, but it's a series that in of itself uh, can be so so it's almost it sounds like almost that that origins if if you were to continue with multiple titles out of this multiple books out of this 
Insomnia could could be one story thread. Origins could be a sep, a second thread. Uh, it's very similar to what David Weber was doing in the Honor Harrington stuff because you have the main line Honor Harrington stories, and then you have the Torch series, and then you have the the other this series over here. And this series. so basically your starting your starting points are different for different different paths. Uh, to exactly. diverge out, and then occasionally they intersect back and forth. Is that is that? Do I have that right? Yeah, de well, definitely. And the first two run parallel to each other, um, and then have that same ending point. So it's it's much like what you're saying. And then this third, third book, though, brings these two species sort of crashing together under this insomnia pandemic, which has become an apocalypse. And you get to kind of find out, you know, who survives, if anyone. So yeah, it's um, it's like what you're saying. I think you you know we have this opportunity to take it, you know, a book or two, as you've mentioned further. But again, you know, we we're happy with where this trilogy has kind of ended to, and we have some other projects in the works as well. So we've got um, more than enough. I mean, um, we've got tons of ideas, and we don't suffer from writer's block yet. So no. it's uh, if anything, it's hard just to to keep it to keep it all, getting it all down on the paper. That's for sure. Right. So for those who are not familiar, why don't we back up just a little bit and and introduce people to the idea of what this series is about, and then we'll talk about the third book a little bit, and uh, and and then go from there. So let's start with Percivious uh, Insomnia, which is the beginning. This is a pandemic of insomnia people are not able to sleep and of course that affects brain function and and mood and attitude and that kind of thing right yeah you're right and so the first book uh Persidious insomnia like you mentioned is set um 10 years from now so there's a wave of insomnia that moves across the globe and this wonder sleep aid that our doctor uh, cooper delaney is working on it fails for no reason so it's up to him and a handful of uh, invested individuals to figure out why so in order to solve this mystery, in the second novel, Perseverance Origins, we travel back in time, 280 million years back in time, where we meet the XYZ. Now, these are Earth's first hominid species. They've evolved from whales instead of primates. So now as an advanced species, they identify that a massive asteroid is fast approaching um, Earth that will wipe out all life as we know it, or as they know it back then. So they board their intelligent starship, the Helix, and they take off to inhabit a new planet, and they intend to call this home, only to have their efforts fail spectacularly. So they're forced to travel back to their ancestral home being Earth. Um, now, we, as we mentioned before, this trilogy does something um, that's different than, than most, and we have those two last chapters of the first two novels ending on, you know, identical word-for-word -word chapters, so that in the third novel, which, uh, as we mentioned, we just released, um, the worlds of these two species come crashing together under this apocalypse, and um, now it's, um, it's sort of where our story kind of wraps up all the loose ends. Do or and die. Do or die, yeah. Now, was that last chapter planned that way to be the exact same I, in both to, books, or was to be, that to, the, the, to, be, to be honest, the book? Excuse me. The idea Jennifer had it, it was February sixteenth, twenty eleven. She had this idea. We were laying in bed. She was not science fiction. I'm a science fiction aficionado. I'm a child of the eighties. Grew up just like you with all of the science fiction that you could handle. And she mentioned this science fiction, sci-fi type of concept. And I shot out of bed saying, that's incredible. We should do something with that. <laughs> and the book just organically came to being. It just has developed over, over time. And when we first had an interview, when we had Insomnia come out, someone was asking us, so what about the second book? We had no idea. Like we frankly had no idea. So I was like, "What about you know, we we like this?" And we think it's going to be like that, but we didn't really know. And it just and it just grew from from each other. Yeah. Well, and and least, the yeah. the last chapter just kind of happened. It, yeah. it I'm not sure it was my idea, yours. No. Well, and it was tough. Like that second book. Um, was was a tough one because originally the original idea was you know what if somebody's able to exploit our sleep hours right so and that's what i brought to anthony it's like if someone's able to tap into that and really exploit that that's sort of the last thing that's ours to get to sleep when you can right so um 
that's sort of the premise and he went sci-fi with it i didn't necessarily think that way but he sold me on the idea and i'm like yeah yeah we can do this how hard is it gonna be right so <laughs> once we start writing and we're ready and you know it was tough it was so it was a humbling experience for me because i'm like just i'm gonna write and it's gonna be great but the truth is i'm terrified i watch astronauts i watch space and i just think god better you than me right like i don't want any part of that <laughs> So I was dragging my feet and honestly, we had to cut something like 25,000 words out of the second novel because I really, he's like, you got to get out there. You got to get this story moving out into space. And, and so I finally take the leap and, and, you know, we're writing together, but I'm saying things like atmosphere and he's like, you can't say that there's no atmosphere in space. And, you know, it was, it was huge. And we'd have these fights and I'm like, oh, I'm not sacrificing the characters in the story. And there still needs to be cadence. And this, this has to be a his and her sci-fi. That's what we set out to do. So I wanted it to still be beautiful and I wanted space to be, you know, um, romantic. And there had to be this cross genre sort of, um, you know, story that we'd started in insomnia in my mind. But at the same time, you're talking about space and you're talking about different planets and a species that, you know, never existed. And, so. the, and the, the realities, again, the speculative fiction, the science plausible, not science fiction. So, so the science part came primarily from me but and that's a tough I, line to to stay with too because you know you have warp drive and hyperspace and transporters and hol holodecks and all of that you know lightsabers and it's really tough to sit there and go okay well you just projecting slightly forward in the future from the technological point you know, yeah. it that's that's even harder to pin down than doing something set two hundred years from now, and and then because you're going to get dinged, that's not right. You know, you that, that doesn't work that way. You know, you run that risk. I, good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. You have, you have to make it a fantasy where Superman can fly around the sun and doesn't have to breathe oxygen, yeah, or right. or you make it uh, a point where you have to be more diligent. And I think no. my background. In, in medicine, I think I like that challenge of being able to to do the research and, and look and say, can this actually happen? Can this actually be possible? You know, the Star Wars versus Star Trek. You know, a lot of technology has come from Star Trek. Right. It was always, apart from transporting and the warp drive, which actually there's some theory to that, but um, obviously the transporter, which again could actually potentially with quantum physics, but potentially be there too. So, but then you've got the, then you've got the question of whether or not you're the same person or whether you've, you've died and, and now there's a copy. So, you know, that, that gets in the whole <laughs> philosophical thing. That's right. That's a right? very right. good point. I love that. that well, if great. that happened, it happened during the second book when we were writing. <laughs> so, um, ha so has your process changed? Because, you know, you're, you're looking at this, you know, you've got one, the, you've got the science fiction approach, you've got the romantic human, hum the human approach and, you know, the mi various mix of perspectives. Has your process of writing these books changed very much from, from the first one to now? I think it's gotten way more efficient. Yeah. It, it, it's become way more efficient, and I think it's a combination of experience and also just our love for it. Our love for it has is, is, is blossomed, and, and hence what Jennifer mentioned, the reason why we have like three other books in the works, separate individual stories, not a series, but a, but one like a separate one standalone novel, and, and we're working on those three right right now. and it's it's become the point where we were at the pool the other day and we developed this story just out of the blue and we're laughing having a great time about it and 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 i think it's just i love doing it with her she's incredible amazing partner love of my life and to be able to share this and, and have this as a as a hobby so to speak and really really enjoy it it's I'm, I'm on top of the world. Yeah, no, it works both ways. And he's like my sci-fi hero because honestly, I've learned so much from him. Like, you know, you marry someone and you don't necessarily, like you think you know them. And I knew he liked sci-fi, but I didn't know he was like a hardcore science fan. So, <laughs> so how, how you mentioned this being a hobby. How has this impacted 
the the day job, the the actual work of being doctors and and you know having the PhDs and you got the the nine to five. How how has that changed or has it? It, it hasn't really changed. It, it's if anything. To be honest, you know, it, it actually imbibes more empathy in me. Obviously, you know, I went into medicine for a reason. I love taking care of people. I like to think of myself having more empathy than the average person, given given what what, what I was what I was uh, my chosen field. But but looking at the the the, the book and looking at the the species that we developed, it, it it's actually helped me to become a better physician. To be honest. And I would say as the as this, um, you know, releasing all three books has gone and our, you know, readership has grown and, you know, it's interesting because once you start talking um, more closely with um, your fans and, you know, the people who have like, you know, really, uh, you know, um, grabbed on to the to trilogy, um, it's, it's interesting how much, you know, you sort of touch people's lives and the basis of the trilogy, the reason we wrote it in the first place is because, you know, we wanted the whole, the heart of the story to, to touch people. There's a message there. I mean, it's not preachy at all, but it talks about how this, um, the XYZ, this uh, species from 280 million years ago, really the whole focus and their whole like parameters or construct around their civilization is this ultimate altruism. So they're there for each other. And that's something that I think, you know, we can all um, take take away from something you can apply to your own, your own life. Especially, you know, when we started this a decade ago, the world, the world wasn't that great. Look what's happened in 10 years. The vitriol, the, the 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 terrible, you know, things that we see every day, and that's just a, a norm now. Like we we, yeah. we don't want to change the world; we want to change the world back to we used to be with, with some you know neighborly humanity. Well, that, that, I think that's going to I think Elon Musk is going to fix it all, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> silly us. <laughs> Speaking of that, in the in in the third book, the Starlink satellites are actually featured in the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a and it's a good thing, you know that that idea of where we were before and where we are now. I mean, you look and see how people treat each other, especially with social media being the way it is. And we talked about this a little bit the last time you were here. This this neener neener neener. You know, us versus them type of mentality. It almost feels like, and and all kidding aside, if uh, if what we suspect about Twitter actually is what we what is the reality of it, and now you know Elon's got all of this access to all this data, and and we can learn just how much society has been manipulated by the algorithms on you know Twitter and and Facebook and all of this that maybe we can start to see, okay, we don't actually really hate each other. We're just being told that we hate each other, and maybe there's a fix for that. I don't know. It's 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 going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But it, it also is potential for story ideas, really, for me, because, you know, if we're going to try to encourage people to get along and, and take a step back and breathe a little bit first before, you know, getting on the keyboard and... and you know, doing whatever, you know, we have to, we have to have that in our heads. Take a pause for a second first. Uh, and it, it sounds like, it sounds like you've got a little bit of that in your books. Yeah, no. And it was, it was like, especially over the, over the pandemic, it was a great escape, you know, because you're writing about the species and we did a lot of research on, on whales and, you know, their culture because they, they do have their own culture. Right. So we wrote it. There's some strong female characters. Um, you know, they sort of live under this matriarchal, um, you know, construct. And so that's all part of the book. And just like you're saying, it was interesting because it gives you the chance to kind of go back and say, you know, what if, you know, um, I know that right now they have um, technology that they're working towards that will actually potentially allow us to communicate with whales directly. It's something like the way, you know, Siri works. So long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> they just got it together. Right. <laughs> 
So anyway, I I just think that there was so much to learn from, you know, this uh, developing the species and the opportunity to kind of go, hey, like if we had a chance to do this differently, what might that look like? So why whales? Uh, um, I just one night we were thinking about the progress of the book and I was just thinking about, you know, what could be a different pathway to a species that is based on altruism and not, well, frankly, greed that we have now and selfishness. And then I just dove down into the cetacean evolution and, you know, whales, they came out of the ocean and they went back in. So what happens in their evolutionary uh, lineage? And so I thought, well, what happens if they actually came out of the ocean and stayed there? You know, their intelligence it probably actually surpasses us, right. with dolphins, to be honest. They, they sort of have opposable thumbs. If they did, then I think they'd, they would rule, rule the world. So. <laughs> or leave it. Right? <laughs> well, it's all about opposable thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about opposable thumbs. All right. Well, we're. I'm going to take my opposable thumb and hit a couple of buttons here. We're going to take a real quick break. We will continue our talk with the Doctor's Cook right after this. Don't go anywhere. We have 52 reasons to listen to this podcast, but they may change in six months. SciFiForMe.com, where all of us have secret identities. Punch the demon face. Just punch it. Yeah, I know it's got teeth. Punch it on the head. Like, they're always like, ah, ah, no, punch it. Like, there's a little girl whose life is in danger. Do something other than just yell. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Good Morning Multiverse, Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker. Welcome, everybody. Good to have all of you with us. We are talking with Jennifer and Anthony Cook about their new book, Percivious Escape. Or, or if you're, or if you're from Rio Linda, maybe Percivious Escape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, we are we are talking here about uh, about that. It is the third in a trilogy that might end up not being it maybe like a douglas adams trilogy type Thank of thing you, maybe something like that so let me ask you this so jennifer you've you've been uh your background is in marketing and we talked uh, the first time that you were here we talked about how much of an effort how involved you are in the marketing of the book and you've got external external people that are in has that changed uh, in the evolution of the process here, are you still really, you know, involved in the grind and in, in getting stuff out and, and marketing the book? Yes, definitely. Yes, definitely. You know what? We're um, I'm working at it every day. We're on social media, all our platforms. So, um, you know, that's something that no matter, you know, well, for the most part, most authors are are expected to, you know, make sure they're managing all of that, right? So I'm definitely busy with that. We are um, working with uh, Smith Publicity closely just to um, make sure that the release of the novels is uh, taken care of as well. So it's excellent to have that support. Um, but um, yeah, it's keeping up with websites and newsletters and, you know, all of those great things, blog, our blog as well. So, um, you know, as much as it's time consuming, you realize how important it is. I mean, I'm sure you see this on your side too, that you're just expected. I see all your little icons there. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a ton. There's all these platforms. So yeah. Yeah. It's been busy. It, it does. It does keep me hopping a little bit. I was like, okay, I got to I got to do how many. How, how how many pages is my to-do list today? So yeah, I, yeah. I totally get that. Well, plus, you know, the fact that authors are expected to do so much more now 
especially if you're self-publishing because you don't have that support structure and that infrastructure behind you. It's all just, you know, all I got to find, I've got to find all of these resources and assemble them all by myself. So yeah, it can, it can be tough. Has that process gotten easier the, the longer you've done it or are you Uh, still facing the same kind of challenges that you did for the first book? No, I think that um, yes and no, basically. I think yes, um, you know, we're, I'm more used to the process. So you can kind of um, take the shortcuts where you can once you're familiar with it. Um, but I would say that what's happened, especially over um, the last couple of years, anybody, more people, I would say, who have ever wanted to write a book have done that, especially in the, in the you know, indie world. So the self-published authors. So you're seeing a lot more um, competition. So it makes it a little more difficult for you to get the, the attention that you might have prior so has there been discussion we talked a little bit about how this has impacted the day job have has there been discussion yet about this becoming the full-time thing well i think for jennifer yes because how amazing she writes for me no matter what you know happens with with these books i think i will always be involved in medicine uh, that's something that from a very early age I've, I've gravitated towards. And I don't think that that's what will replace it. You know, potentially maybe take a day off every once in a while to, to write instead of working six, seven days a week. So and maybe take less call. Um, but for me, it would, it would probably continue the, the way it is. It, it is very, very freeing, though, to be able to go anywhere and and create a story and and quote unquote work because it's not work for us it's 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 an incredible passion and we would love if you know this was remunerated of course we would um but that being said in and of itself we we love what it is yeah we love to and but i think i can't speak for you but i think you would love to write full-time yeah permanently yeah, no. And yeah, it's something that we're both very, you know, passionate about. And it's such an advantage, I'll be honest, to have, you know, um, Anthony on board, because I've talked to many authors, too. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky, especially in fiction. It's so nice to have a, a physician to refer to when you're talking about, you know, specifics. And I'm not just, uh, I'm not, not just a pretty face. Yeah. Right. Just... Face for radio, that is. <laughs> so, I mean, because so, the last time we talked... Because uh, the last time we talked about the possibility of expanding into other media, so like TV or comic books or whatever. So, J- Jennifer, you've got the bug. Uh, is is there potential for not just other novels, but have y'all talked about maybe crowdfunding a comic book, a graphic novel yet? Has there been that discussion? Yeah, we definitely have had that discussion and we, you know, we haven't kind of, we've been busy with the, with the trilogy and getting that out um, for now, but we have had discussion about um, a graphic novel. We have someone in mind, we don't want to say anything at this point, but um, we definitely would like to take that as a, as a next step. Um, But but not crowdfunding. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Crowdfunding is a good idea. Check that today. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of um in Indiegogo. Well, there's Kickstarter, there's Indiegogo, there's Substack, there's Zoop. I mean, there's a number of different options out there. Uh and and for some it's working out okay. For some it's working better than others. There are other there are some creators that are just doing it directly off of their website. The model keeps changing. So, you know, it's it's always it's always kind of interesting to see and look and how how that whole thing is evolving over time because you know six months ago it was completely different than it will be six months from now and and it's uh it's kind of hard to hard, hard to keep your eye on the ball on that one's like okay now wait a minute where where are we where are we this time so uh but, but yeah it, it's, it, 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 it's unfortunate though because like no offense to you know big the big five or four publishers and, and what's happening, you know, in Hollywood and, and, and what we are spoon fed, frankly, like the originality is, is lost on, yeah. on the, on the big screen. And, and I think that's great what you're saying about having 
these indie authors being able to source something that can actually become big and and get a message across and and, the, and these original ideas which again no offense to marvel but there's just so many origin stories that you can kind of handle and there's millions more coming but it's 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 always the same you know kind of uh cookbook yeah. because of course they, they don't want to take a risk because why would they they're gonna make a billion dollars off of a movie they're not going to take a risk to do something that's more original so to speak but i don't i think there's also an appetite for fresh content though having said that right i mean yeah. there's been a lot of reruns and repeats and all of these things but um but when you look at like you know there's amazon plus now and you've got paramount plus everybody's jumping on this this you know um series and it's uh everyone's binging them too i mean what have they cut things back so you can only watch it once a week now because i like that has to be something that's positive right and you kind of look at that like that you're thinking there's opportunity there so yeah we're definitely open to that and i think it's kind of exciting it's exciting times i think you're gonna see things you know develop and change so what else is in the works besides the Perseverance universe? You, 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 you both talk about different ideas that you've had outside so, of that. What, what's, uh, what's next? You go ahead. So there are three books. One is called Crutch. Uh, one's called Inversion. And one's called Iceman. And they're, they're a bit of science in, I think, all of those. But it's a lot more, I think, humanity and relationship um, discord. I would I would say, and tragedy. The how can I say the? You're being I, careful. I'm, well, but but <laughs> in inversion, I think it's a, you know, it's kind of the 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 original idea again that just kind of popped his you know the. Although he was wrong, Stephen Hawking theory about the universe expanding and then contracting. And what happens when it starts to contract? Do we go back in time? Do we do we all of a sudden come from death to living like a Benjamin Button esque thing? And mm -hmm. and we kind of had that as a starting point. And then Jennifer has these characters, the opera singer, and they and the the physicist is has a bit of Asperger's, and they they lost their daughter, but they can go back and find her now and. It's quite incredible, um, and and that's something that we we have obviously started. And Iceman is a is a book about these two uh, Russian twins who were snowboarders and ex-military in um, in Whistler, BC, and then they end up mining diamonds on Mars. Would <laughs> <laughs> be interesting, yeah. So with these new books, how 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 has the division of labor gone? Yeah, are are, are we fifty fifty? Somebody's got the idea. Somebody does the writing. Jennifer's always done the line share of the writing because, frankly, she's way better than I am. I would I would write like a like a an article in in the Journal of Urology or the Journal <laughs> Medicine, and it's it's a bit concrete and it's. And so she brings in the the humanity to it. Um, I'm a bit robotic with that, but her use of the language she has never had writer's block. It's incredible. And so we come together, we discuss, we go over, you know, the kind of what, where things are gonna are gonna go, and then she does the majority of the writing, and then we'll look at it together, and I'll make edits and like and add sometimes substantial amount, sometimes take away a substantial amount <laughs> with her in agreement, of course, and uh, and go from there. But but the ideas are 50-50, are but she does a, a, a lot of the actual typewriter work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the actual writing. Well, and it's, it is like, I think that's part of the process that's changed as well. You know, once you have three books under your belt, you're getting a lot more feedback. I mean, We've been very lucky. We've had some um, excellent um, uh, reviews, so you learn from those. But um, it's uh, it's interesting to know where your strengths are now, too, mm -hmm. because I'd say that our 
our character, our character development is one of our, our strengths. I think the science piece of it being like science plausible and then writing in this arena of speculative fiction, um, you know, it's something that I think will translate through all the books. Like we're gonna stick with sci-fi, be strong, you know, focus on the characters. But at the same time, there's always this, you know, sci-fi element that's throwing in. Um, and the big piece that I want to see happen is, you know, that we should grow is um, this his and hers. So we want to make sure that we're writing something that's going to appeal to either sex, right? We have strong science, it's plausible science, but we're also, you know, there's romance happening, um, you know, there's action, thriller, but at the same time, you've got fashion in these books and these novels. So we want it to be we really wanted it to appeal to the broadest market we could we could so it it sounds to me like at some point you're going to need to write some kind of a of an action fantasy with a dragon and a princess i mean that <laughs> that, that, that makes us some romance and some we, we already have that the dragon and the princess oh, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. with with the reviews that you've gotten over the over the last couple of books has that has that feedback heavily impacted the path that the the third book took or, or is it just oh um, that's interesting i'll i'll file that away and and sorry has, has there been any major significant changes you've had to make based on on reviews and feedback from previous books not in that aspect but definitely confidence yeah, yeah. they've been like, encouraging it's like been our, encouraging. Our, because again you know i'm 49 years old jennifer's 47 years old we started this not as you know teenagers not we didn't go into journalism we we, we found this later on and so of course you, you write a book and you put it out there and think is it good yeah, i always I, I always knew they were incredible but <laughs> but but now we have a bit of objective opinions right. like we're finalists again for the Cadian book club awards we were for Presidious Insomnia and Presidious Origins, yeah, we haven't found out. There's only there's three books. We're kind of the top three contenders, yeah. and we'll find out. I think in the December. next yeah. next few weeks if, yeah. if if we. But it's an honor just to be nominated. And you look at that, and and this past year there was the most entries for the Canadian Book Club Award. So we're like, wow, I guess it is pretty good. Yeah. And so that has given us confidence and 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 i guess the one thing that's helped in writing is it makes us more sure of ourselves mm -hmm. sure and sure. we we trust ourselves more yeah well and it was i think you know it was a, a huge win from from our perspective to even have publishers weekly review the first novel persidious insomnia but then to be compared to michael Crichton, like that's what more could you sort of ask for so we're like okay well we have to keep going with this um, and that's why we've sort of really, you know, put a lot of work and effort into that second novel. But it's interesting because, you know, working closely with Smith and they're like, well, if you want to take this seriously, you need to be producing something every 12 to 18 months. So when you took like seven, eight years to bring the first novel <laughs> to publication, that's like, uh, and then, you know, it was like, oh, on top of that, you know, we're going to put this in outer space. And it was just crazy. That was crazy experience. But again, you know, we had the reviews that are like, oh, this is a sci-fi triumph. This is from Book Life by Publishers Weekly. So you're like, oh, OK, well, we're just going to have to keep going with this and, and see what we see what we can do. So I think I think to be honest with if we we're told oh, this is terrible yeah we, we probably would say okay we're just gonna you know doodle and maybe <laughs> maybe write you know, <laughs> children's books that you have going find some other hobby we can do together yeah was was the publishers weekly review the biggest surprise on what kind of attention the books were getting has there been any others it's just like Oh, somebody X and so looked at this book and reviewed this book and, and it's completely out of the blues. And is that is that happening a lot? I think the Publishers Weekly Review was a very big surprise, yeah. uh, especially because we feel like Insomnia was written over again, seven, eight years. And and I think it, it's a bit choppy, but because of our our lack of experience at the time and, and, and we feel that we've only gotten better. And and then when we get a, a review from 
from book life saying it's an epic triumph um and you think you sit back and think wow that's you know i think that this is you know i think we've got something here together and i think we have to keep going yeah and it's been the reviews from kirkus have been you know um very positive as well and and it's been um you know you look at forward reviews so it's just it's been really encouraging now that's not to say you know you don't know what's going to happen in the future and you don't know if there's going to be a real market or appetite uh for this i mean i'd like to think and i would like to personally go see a movie that you know was a little bit of you know for him and her and you're going to enjoy something on either side whereas right now i think there's like a limit a limited I guess, you know, um, a pool to choose from when it comes to those things. There seems to be a lot of books and or movies that are really focused on women and there's some that are focused on men. There's a few that are going to appeal to either, but I think, you know, there there probably is an appetite for more of that because think about it, there's tons of couples all over the world who are sitting down and what am I going to watch? And you're fighting with the remote. And it'd be right. great to watch something. It's like, oh, I loved it. You know, there's romance and fashion. It's like, oh man, there's plausible science. So. <laughs> If it's possible, we're trying, we're trying it, we're trying for it. So the other, the other aspect of this, because now here we are in 2022, the pandemic is essentially over for the most part and, and the world has opened back up again. Um, as part of the marketing for these books, are you, are you going to any book fairs, conventions, comic cons? Is, is that in the plans? Definitely, yeah. and, and actually, we are we're gonna, here in Calgary. We're going to be at Shrunk Mall, the chapters tomorrow for the launch of of book three of Escape, and for a book signing and to to have that sort of launch event. And yeah, that wasn't possible for Insomnia or Origins, to, yeah. to be honest, because yeah, yeah. of because of the lockdowns. And so, and we have researched a lot of the potential for comic-con type things for uh word fast and and uh shycom yes we're, yeah, we're, 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 that as well. so that that's definitely a um future plans i think the comic-con here is in july or august and in edmonton it's i think a month later of course you know the the, the really big ones toronto San Fran, mm -hmm. those ones are kind of difficult to, you know, five year wait list yeah, to, to, yeah. to, to get a yeah. booth. So maybe maybe we'll, we'll walk around with a sandwich board. Yeah. Just <laughs> a lot of these Comic Cons have tables where you can drop free stuff. So that's always that's always an oh, option yeah. as well. Yeah. Look at that. You've got to do that. And I'm that and that gives me a, a an opportunity here to plug our own work because we do have a master list over at SciFiForMe.com that has conventions and events from all over the world. Ooh, and well, we are currently sitting now, I can say, at 2,500. We finally got to that threshold. Uh, there is a calendar here and an alphabetical list. of, And these are all, as far as we know, live and active comic cons all over the place. So science fiction cons, comic book conventions. Uh, or I think there's even some furry conventions in there. Anime conventions, cosplay stuff. So, yeah. uh, so well, if you if you need to find one close, uh, there's there's a resource for you. <laughs> we just start packing. Yeah, it's right up our alley. Yeah, we're going to be traveling a lot. Yeah, we will, we will, because we we I do think the the novels and you know um, the trilogy series, you know whatever it becomes, um, lends itself well to that. So we'll definitely be be doing that. It is quite a cin cinematic. Yeah, that's the other epic. thing we we've been told. So yeah, we're just. You know, we've got to kind of, um, yeah, try to balance that. How much do you sort of promote or, you know, go down the path of really pushing that versus, you know, working on some of these other side projects. So, you know, hopefully we can kind of make it all happen. But, um, yeah, I definitely would say we're spending a much more significant amount of time doing this than we would have been last time we talked to Jason. That's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and finding that balance is always a challenge because you have so many different things that take your attention. And it's all got to get done. And, you know, it's unless you have a staff of 50, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily all get done at the same time that it needs to. I mean, I've I've got 
your first book and it's still in the review pile. And I'm like, wow, they've yeah. already come out with the third book and I haven't even finished the first one yet. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, I, I, I can understand, you know, the going back and forth and running around like a chicken with your head cut off sometimes because it's, it's tough to, to get it all done. There's only so many hours in the day and you, you're only so many people and you got to prioritize. So that's true. I, I, I think we, 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 I think we, the way we work, it's, we've, we've come up with chapters when we've been, you know, walking, when we've been out for dinner, we, we just have these ideas and they come up. And so, so that's one thing we want to sit there and say, okay, from 10 o'clock till three, we'll be writing the yeah, book no. and we sit there and stare at each other. It's, it, it's kind of an organic thing. It can, it can happen. It's kind of anywhere. Um, have a couple of glasses of wine, have dinner, and all of a sudden we, we we start. She starts writing on the on her uh, on her phone, uh, and the, the notes, and and we just go back and forth, and we have a chapter done in no time. Now, so now here here in the United States, you could write that off your taxes. So I don't know how it works in Canada, but be 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 keeping yeah, your yeah. receipts, right? <laughs> That's right. We'll just make sure it's always at dinner. We'll it's a work expense. <laughs> Everything's a work expense, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, the website, Percivius.com, and they, uh, they are also on Twitter, uh, JJ Cook, AJ Cook MD, and uh, let's see here. I got that up there twice. We've got them on Instagram. They're on Facebook. They're on TikTok. We're not on TikTok. We're everywhere. Doing it all. And then book now BookBub is is uh more of a publishing insider type, kinda of like Goodreads, is that Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there is all of the places where you can find them. We've got links in our notes. Uh so you can find the book and you can uh learn more about them. And uh we'll have to do this again. Maybe maybe not uh spread so much out time wise between conversations but uh it's always good to have you back and we will definitely do this again <sighs> anthony and jennifer cook thanks very much for being here all right and coming up on the show next week and the week after we are packed bruce McAllister will be here on monday to talk about his book we've got the musical group galaxy electric going to be here on wednesday open line friday next friday and then uh robin stevens pays and serena strauss wrap up the month uh we got thanksgiving weekend coming up so all of those things and of course you can find us on various different social media sites 10 different accounts we've got <clears throat> which is 11 too many we're on uh, the different video platforms uh, soon, hopefully, we'll be live streaming to Rumble as well. But uh, go find us on all of those places. And this weekend, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, Good Morning Multiverse with the uh, week's headlines. And a special one-shot, Foreign Bodies is back. Uh, Mr. Wa uh, Mr. Harvey and Ms. Walker are going to be talking about the Cabinet of Curiosities from Guillermo del Toro. That's tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's a busy, busy, busy month, and we are slowly crawling toward our 500th episode, which is right now on the books for December 30th. So that's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks very much for being here, and uh, we will be back next week with more. Remember, there are four lights. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 